Hello, this is Justin Heisman, and welcome to Clubhouse Conversation. Every summer in Kansas City, 25 men have one simple mission, to win. Starting pitchers, corner power hitters, middle relievers, speedy gloves up the middle, closers, utility infielders, backup catchers, and they're each remembered here. From 1969 to last year, all Royals careers have been preserved with the most comprehensive collection of facts, memories, and stories in existence. Welcome to Clubhouse Conversation. And welcome to yet another edition of Clubhouse Conversation, the place where we catch up with all your favorite current and former Royals players and hear those stories that you can't anywhere else. It's Davo, and I am pleased to be joined today by Justin Heisman, who pitched for KC during the 2004 season after coming over in a trade with the Colorado Rockies. A 6-1 right-hander, Heisman, Appeared in 14 games with KC, was a sinker slider guy, got ground balls, attacked the zone, came out of that Royals bullpen. It was really pretty good that year. Maybe one or two outings that skewed an otherwise very nice season for Justin Heisman in 2004. He grew up with Mark Mulder in suburban Chicago, played with his brothers at Ole Miss. You know, got drafted by the Rockies, then came up with KC. A pretty interesting guy who's now a baseball coach at the collegiate level. We'll talk all about that and so much more as Justin joins us now on Clubhouse Conversation. Man, first of all, thank you, and how's everything going with you? Oh, it's going great. You know, can't complain. Family's doing well and uh, enjoying uh, coaching some baseball up here in the north. Yeah, you've been doing a lot of that the last several years. So the head coach at Trinity Christian College, and I saw also that you were for a while. You stepped down to spend more time with family, but you were doing the Northwest Indiana Oilmen of the Midwest Collegiate League as well. So talk. You know, let's start off by talking about your program up there at Trinity Christian. Tell us about that program and the school itself. Well, it's a small private Christian NEI school, um, and it's right down the street from where I grew up. So it was great to be able to to stay in baseball in the coaching aspect, and, and you know, not uproot the family and go anywhere in the country because I did that for long enough. Um, so it was exciting to be able to take over a program here um, that hadn't really done a whole lot in baseball. Uh, so there was a lot of goals, a lot of things that we could do um, here to to get this place excited about baseball. So it, it was just a win-win all around. Well, yeah, and you've done a lot of things, such as I noticed the first player you guys have put into professional baseball, according to Baseball Reference, is a guy named Bill Miller who played for Juliet last summer. So that's got to be exciting for you to see your first guy go into professional baseball, right? Yeah, it's great. You know, it's as you know, it's not very easy at this level to go into the professional ranks. Uh, it's not easy any level, um, but especially small any high school. So, uh, you know, I, one thing that's really exciting for these guys is to, to have a guy – at the helm who's been there and knows what it takes and will give you honest answers about what it's going to take to be able to have any chance of going to that level. Um, and, you know, Bill Miller had a great career here and uh, is doing some good things and still pursuing his dream out there. So, yeah, it was exciting to see, you know, some guys start to go there from the school. I think I may have to buy a T-shirt. Aren't you guys the trolls? Did I read that correctly? We are. We're the Trinity Christian College Trolls. It kind of kind of doesn't flow, does it? <laughs> no, I love it though. That's that's a great mascot. I may have to get one of those shirts one of these days. So, well, stay <laughs> staying on the topic of baseball. So, I'm assuming you still probably follow MLB quite a bit. I do. You know, as much as possible. Obviously, I'm a busy man myself during that time. But um, you know, I'm always rooting for guys that I still know and. And luckily, I'm not too old yet to where there nobody's there that I played with before. So. <laughs> yeah, there's still some guys around. What did you think of the Royals this year? 
It was exciting. You know, I, I haven't been able to be in person with all the renovations that happened to the field since I was there in 2004, but um, it was great to see, you know, uh, not too many guys that I play with are still on that team, but um, just great for the city to see some success there in such a long time. Yeah, I mean, you're a former pitcher, so I'm sure you've got mad respect for this guy, and we normally don't say his name around these parts anymore. I'll have to whisper it. Madison Bumgarner. <laughs> what, what did you think of Madison Bumgarner on that World Series? Well, I, I, you know, I view it from a couple of different aspects. Obviously, uh, I view it from a pitching aspect of, you know, he's amazingly competitive and wanted the ball nonstop. And, uh, you know, but you also view it from a future aspect of how, how much toll does that put on that guy? Yeah. Um, you know, doing those kind of things, you know, as a pitcher, you know the rules of how much rest you need and how many pitches you've thrown, how many innings you've thrown. And it was, it was exciting. And, and I knew he was going to, he was making history and watching history, but I was also, you know, thinking about, Hmm, I wonder how this is going to affect his future. So. Yeah, you look at how the Nationals handled Strasburg, the exact opposite, you know, shutting them down before the playoffs. So, well, I guess time, right. will, time will tell on that. But And one other question about this year. I guess you're pretty excited for Jeremy Affelt, your old Royals teammate with the Giants there. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, you know, I don't – obviously being a Chicago native, I always root for the Chicago teams. But other than that, I'm – you know, everybody's always asked who's your favorite team. And I, and I really just – truthfully just root for the guys that I know yeah and so you know sometimes I'm torn because there's guys on both teams that I know but uh, I was really excited for Jeremy to see him win you know a championship and, and hear him get interviewed afterwards and, and see him throw some quality innings for him in some crucial times what a good man too you know a lot of a lot of good things he stands for so let's go back and and start things off old school with you then so you went to Thornwood High School up there in Illinois my first question is where is Thornwood and then was baseball your main sport growing up Thornwood is in South Holland, Illinois. Um, you know, it's a it's a south suburb of Chicago. Um, you know, I was born and raised in that area, and so you know, Thornwood was an outstanding baseball program back then. Um, in the '90s, it did a lot of good things. Cliff Floyd came out of Thornwood and did a lot of good things in Major League Baseball, and, and is still doing a lot of things in baseball. Uh, I was teammates with Mark Mulder. Uh, if you're familiar with him, a lot of people are. Um, he's obviously done unbelievable things, and if he didn't get injured, could have. No doubt, uh was on track for the Hall of Fame Agreed. where he was going. Um, but so we were, we grew up together, played little league together. Um, my brothers were also outstanding baseball players, and and so Thornwood had a lot of talent and did a lot of good things in the '90s. Um, and that was kind of how, you know, it kind of boosted my career in baseball, uh, being at that school at that time. Um, but I, I loved basketball actually growing up, but unfortunately, I did not grow. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Um, baseball kind of took over and just kept kind of excelling at it so that by the time I got into high school, that became my main sport and my main focus. Yeah, you're six one. You, know, you can play a little point guard, right? <laughs> yeah, but going into high school, I think it was 5'4". So. <laughs> okay, well, scratch yeah. that then, right? That's JV, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, so Mark Mulder, I mean, could you see the talent then? I mean, even early, did you pretty much know even like coming up he was going to be a stud, even like high school, junior high, those, you know, those days? Yeah, well, he was he was always an outstanding pitcher and position player. I mean, he played first base, you know, everywhere we were and, and was an all-star at both things. Um, but as you get in high school and into college, a lefty that can throw that hard and, and be that successful, he went to, I think he went to Michigan State after high school and, and had a good career. I don't think we quite knew that he was going to be of that caliber. I mean, how can you, really, um, until you get there and, and you start doing things. I think he developed a cutter in pro ball that became his go-to pitch, um, 
and then he just started doing amazing things, and then it was really cool to be like, hey, that you know, everybody else is looking at him as Mark Mulder, we're looking at him as Mark, you know. <laughs> yeah. And my middle brother is still um, one of his best friends to this day, so it's pretty cool. Well, you mentioned your brothers, so you ended up following both of your older brothers' footsteps. You headed to Old Miss there. Uh, so same kind of the same question for you then. As a senior in high school, did Justin Heisman think he had any chance of playing in the major leagues? Did you dream of it realistically at that point? Well, I think every kid that plays and is decent at the sport has has that dream. Um, you know, I, I think I kind of took it a step at a time. I didn't really think that far ahead. Uh, in high school, I was really just trying to do good things, uh, do good enough things to get a scholarship to go to a Division One school somewhere. Uh, I wanted to go south. I was tired of the cold weather, but um, I had no idea I was going to end up at Ole Miss um, until my old, older brother Jason ended up going there. Um, and then my middle brother and I, and I kind of followed suit. Um, basically, we just went to visit him and fell in love with the place. And But you didn't know if you were going to have that opportunity to go there. Back then, you kind of had to go to the school to be seen. It's not like today where there's showcases everywhere. Um, you actually had to go there. I mean, I had schools that were sending me letters, and really the only way they were going to see me is if I, if I visited, and I didn't have that kind of money or time. Um, but I did visit Ole Miss and just got lucky. I had an outstanding um time there as far as you know playing a position at shortstop and, and pitching I mean I couldn't make it out at the plate and just threw the ball well and made some great defensive plays and, and earned a really good scholarship there so I just kind of got lucky now I'm not sure if the record still stands but you had the record at the time you broke it you know 10 saves in 99 11 and 2000 there as a rebel but then I'm assuming those two things were special obviously but how, but how special was it playing with both Jason and Josh there in, in, as a freshman in 98 on the same team it was neat. I mean, we lived together that year. I mean, not too many brothers can, can live together in college and get along, but um, fortunately we're close enough and like each other enough where we made it work. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was, it was special. Um, you know, there was good and bad times during that year. Um, you know, the team did okay. Uh, but, it, I mean, that's a, that was a tough conference. I mean, the SEC is just ridiculously tough. I mean, every single weekend, you know, you're, you're, you're facing a, a tough, tough, tough team. Um, so it was special. There was a few games where we bet at three, four, five, and um, you know, arguably we should have been doing a you know a little bit more often uh, betting like that. And uh, but it was exciting, and you know, not too many uh, brothers can say that they were able to do that at such a high level. Well, then you get drafted there out of Ole Miss by the Rockies. So the 15th round of 2000, you were signed by a scout named Damon Ionelli. So were the Rockies the team that you kind of thought would select you, and then was that about the place you thought you'd go in the draft going in? I wasn't really sure. I mean, I knew they were interested, um, but I, you know, I, I thought I was going to go a lot higher. I was projected to go a lot higher, um, and I found out later, you know, just not the right people saw me uh, throw in person. Um, you know, Damon saw me, and, and he was really, really pushing for me. Um, but I only threw 15 innings a season in college, so not too many people got to see me live and see me in person pitch because I played infield uh, more than anything and, and played uh, shortstop every single day and would just come into close whenever it was a safe situation. Um, so I really didn't get seen a whole lot um, in person by the, the cross-checkers and, and people who really have the pull as far as getting people in, in the higher rounds. And So I was lucky enough to, to get drafted by them in the 15th round. Um, but I, I kind of tried to sell Damon, you know, like you're getting a steal here because I, I, I'm confident enough to feel like I should be higher than this. But, um, you know, I'll, I'll take what I got and, and, and let's go with it. So what did you know about the Colorado Rockies at that time? Not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. I mean, obviously I knew about them, but at that time they were still fairly new. Um, 
to the MLB, and uh, I was excited to go there and, and, and see what could happen. But, you know, I didn't know a whole lot about uh, Major League Baseball or Pro Baseball at all. Um, and was really jumping into it fresh and, and kind of scared. But, uh, you know, I was it was exciting, and I was kind of living a dream and being able to go go play pro baseball. And, and I was like, all right, here we go. Let's see what we got. Well, before we dig in on some more stuff about your pro career, well, let's remind people what you threw. Talk about what kind of pitcher you were, where you sat at, topped out at, the pitches you threw, and all that good stuff. Well, I was um, – you know, in college, high school and college, I was really a four-seam, you know, fastball, curveball, slider guy. Um, in college, I kind of just went to four-seamer and slider, um, just kind of threw as hard as I could. You know, I really wasn't a pitcher at that time. I was kind of a thrower, just coming in, just trying to get outs. Um, and then when I got drafted, it was exciting to, to be like, okay, now I'm going to really see what I'm capable of and, and learn how to pitch. So when I got to pro ball, uh, my first season and short season in Portland, I, I developed a sinker. Um, and that just took off for me. Uh, it became, you know, my number one pitch right off the bat, uh, just getting a lot of quick outs. Uh, so I wasn't worried about strikeouts so much anymore, and I, I just all of a sudden just became a ground ball guy, getting, you know, eight to ten pitch innings, getting quick outs. Um, and that kind of just, you know, propelled me uh, in minor league baseball, and it became my number one pitch um, almost throughout my entire career in, in pro baseball for eight years. Um, and and then uh, the following year, you know, it was it became almost all, what I threw every single pitch um, huh. as a closer in Asheville. Huh. Well, so it was kind of kind of weird. I think I remember you ninety one, ninety two, usually sitting on the gun. Is that right? Yeah, um, eighty eight to ninety one was kind of where I sat. Okay. Um, you know, uh, with sinkers and, and four seamers. Uh, you know, I probably touched ninety two every now and again, but. You know, compared to what the way they, these guys throw now, I was I was a thumber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're th- you're throwing you're throwing BP, right? <laughs> right, exactly. So, so you mentioned the summer of 2000. Then, so you go to Portland to the Northwest League, uh, 1.85 ERA in 16 games. You even started three games there. So, you know, that first summer, you know, all, all on your own, way out there on the West. You know, what do you think of when you think back to that first year? You know, that first short season there in Pro Bowl. Oh, the wide range of emotions. I mean, I just remember when I got drafted and I went to Arizona uh, for a couple of days, um, and I met up with a couple of guys who were drafted also. I mean, I got picked up uh, by Mike Gallego at the hotel. I didn't know what to do. I, I had no idea where to go, what, who to talk to, or what, and the hotel didn't really have a whole lot of information for me, so I was kind of freaking out. Um, so I remember getting up that morning uh, to go to the field. I didn't know if I was catching a bus, or, or I had no idea what was going on, but so I woke up like six in the morning and went down to the lobby, just hung out, and uh, ended up running into Mike Gallego, and there was a couple other guys there, and he was giving them a ride to the field, and he asked me to hop in, and everybody's speaking Spanish, <laughs> and I knew some Spanish from high school and, and college, but uh, you know I wasn't fluent or anything, so it, it was a wake-up call um, to how the night, the night, uh, excuse me, the dynamic is over there, and I was like, all right, what's this going to be like in pro ball? So. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, ran into some more guys who spoke English and had a good time with those guys, and we went to Portland, and Portland was fun. I really enjoyed the city um, and uh, the, the team there and ended up playing with a lot of those guys throughout uh, three or four levels, including Brad Hopp and, and some other guys. And um, It was fun to learn how to pitch. Bryn Smith was my coach there, and he taught me a ton, I mean an absolute ton, um, uh, pitching mechanics and different things, and I kind of just clung to everything pretty quickly and, and grasped all the concepts pretty quickly and made it my own. And 
it was just a fun time, you know, being a pitcher full time for the first time in my life. Now I'm imagining you sitting in the lobby, hanging out, waiting for somebody to pick you up, and you're probably not at a five star hotel. It's like maybe like a Best Western. Is that what I have in my head right now? Kind of like a flimsy lobby, <laughs> right? I want to stay La Quinta, but I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that probably wasn't the funnest time there to hang out there, but that's a, that's a great story. So uh, the next year, Asheville. Which, you know, I, I lived in North Carolina, somehow was an idiot, never went to that ballpark. I know Babe Ruth played there, and there's a lot of memories there. But, I mean, you were nails that year. So 55 games in Asheville, one seven zero, and you have the Rockies minor league record at that time of 30 saves. That's also second in the Sally League. So talk about Asheville and, and talk about that old park there. Oh, it was great. Uh, Asheville is a beautiful place up in the mountains. Um, you got the Biltmore Estates down the road. and uh, It was just a great place to play and a great team. I mean, it was one of my favorite seasons as far as the team. I really enjoyed those guys. You know, a lot of the guys were the guys I played with in Portland uh, with some new faces also. Um, but, yeah, it's just a historic stadium, uh, you know, the tourists. and It was just a great a great year, you know. I, I didn't know going into it I was going to be the closer. Um, I think at the beginning of the of the year, I, I closed a couple of games, and I ended up going up to my pitching coach, Mike Arner, and like, okay, um, what exactly is my role going to be? Um, and he kind of smiled and was like, I was wondering when you're going to ask me that. And you know, he says, you know, you're going to be the closer, and we'll see how it goes. And um, just kept doing really well at it, and, and ended up staying in that role the entire year, and really. Really clung to it, and it was the first time I really got excited about being a closer, and, and was like, I can, I can do pretty well with this, even though I was a sinker baller. And, but at that time, you know, being a, a sinker baller closer was not a crazy concept. Uh, it's a little bit different now, where the guys are throwing 105 miles an hour, yeah. all of them. But um, at that time, being a sinker ball closer wasn't wasn't crazy, and I did really well at it. I just, you know, I kind of took the approach of. I'm, I'm not worried about getting a save here. I'm just trying to get three outs, you know. Um, and I'm going to get three outs before they score a run. And uh, taking that concept into it and just getting tons of ground balls, uh, I really clung to it and did really well. Now, another guy that you uh, pitched with that year and a few other years that pitched for the Royals later on was, you know, what was Scott Doman like? Was he a cool dude? Scott Doman was, was great. He, he was one of my good friends. Um, we played a lot of years together uh, through the Rocky system. Um, and he was he was a fun guy. He, he was funny. I had a deep voice, you know, and uh, do some impressions and different things. But uh, but he he and uh, Chris Boglowski, I would say those two guys were were best friends for for a few years and lived together and did different things together. And and uh, but he was one of the guys that I spent probably three or four years with, even Arizona Fall League. And so we became close. And uh, he was a good friend throughout my career. So 2002, you split the year between Salem in the Carolina League and then Carolina in the Southern League. So you had a 3-2-0 combined in 59 games. Now, Salem, you saved 20 more games. You make the Carolina League all-star team that year. So I always kind of wonder as a minor leaguer, because I know, obviously, you know, winning and losing games isn't quite as important in the minor leagues. You know, and, but what about being a minor league all-star? Is that, I'm assuming that's just as much as an honor as it would be at the major league level. I mean, you, you got to be pretty excited about that. Yeah, it is an honor. I mean, it's it's great. Um, you don't go into the season, you know, pushing for that or expecting that. Um, but it, you know, after I after I made it in Nashville and and you know the start to my Salem year, I, I don't think I gave up a run in the first two months or so. And it, you know, you kind of push yourself, and it's exciting. And you know, you, everybody's goal is to obviously keep moving up the levels. And at that time, you know, you kind of moved a level at a time. You didn't jump as much as you do now. Um, so there were a lot of guys who were going to level at a time, and you know, even Brad Hopp, he just kept putting up great years. Um, but he spent a lot of time in the minors before he got called up uh, to the Rockies. 
And so, yeah, it was exciting. I mean, you know, guys like him were, were making all-star teams. We're doing things together. Um, some guys were excited about it, but other guys were sad because they couldn't go home for yeah. those couple of days. Um, but actually, I didn't get to go to that uh, high A all-star game because I got called up to Carolina uh, uh, right before. Uh, so I didn't really get to experience uh, that game. Well, you, you made another one in 2003, so that's your last season with the Rockies. You're at Double A Tulsa in the Texas League. You went seven and two with a 175, 26 more saves, uh, another All Star game. Uh, but so it's pretty impressive that I found a random stat in my media guide that year: 50 and two thirds innings of not allowing a single home run, which I, you know is a pretty big feat there in the Texas League, where the ball jumps out of most of that park. So that 2003 season in, in, in Tulsa, you know, memories of that. And then how'd you like the old uh, cookie cutter? Wichita, you know, it, the infield with the turf and the outfield with the grass. You remember that? I do. I do remember <laughs> Wichita, yeah. And that, that's where the, they hosted the All-Star game that year, too. Oh, okay. so, um But, yeah, Tulsa, Tulsa was a fun year. Uh, it was a great team. I, I really enjoyed that team. You know, Matt Holliday was on that team the whole year, um, and uh, Brad Hopp was also on that team. I mean, it, we, had a, we had a good team, and there was a great team camaraderie. Uh, the guys in the bullpen just had a blast that year together. I mean, we, we played fun games and just made each other laugh throughout. Um, but we also were serious, and we were good. Um, so we challenged each other. You know, we, we put up some streaks that year of scoreless innings out of the bullpen, and, you know, we really challenged each other and got the best out of each other. And, and I had an outstanding year. I mean, I was just in the zone um, most, of, most of the year and, and just did good things. I was scared, obviously, when you get there and you see that short porch and left. Um, but it didn't get to me and, uh, you know, just kept the ball down and, and got into the zone and, and really did well. And I think I, I think I got their uh, single-season uh, saves record, and I think it was broken not too long after that, but it was exciting to get that. Yeah, well, so then I'm assuming going into 2004, you're obviously thinking, okay, I've got a shot now to get in the 40 and a shot to get in the major leagues, you know, maybe next year. But then as things turned out, uh, you get traded to Kansas City April 7th of 2004 for a couple of minor leaguers named Chris Fallon and Zach McClellan. So I, I I don't know. So I'm assuming you're about to start the season with the minor league team. I'm assuming that they'd already broken minor league camp by April 7th. But take us back to that moment when you when you got the news. So where were you at when they told you you were getting traded? You know Who were you with? And what, what were kind of your emotions on being traded to the Royals? Yeah, it was a whirlwind. Um, you know, I just got put it on the roster and went to, to you know my first big league camp. And uh, when I got there, the Ro- the Rockies had gone very veteran. Uh, they brought in a bunch of guys um, that they needed to make roster space for. Uh, I think they were just going to take a different approach and just try to go veteran in, in the pitching staff and, and hopefully the experience will help them out. Uh, but it didn't help guys like myself who were who were fresh and new. Um, and I knew I wasn't a hard thrower or anything, and so my, my leash might have been a little bit shorter and less exciting to, to people. But, you know, I was I was happy with the career I put up so far, and I, I, was, I knew that the numbers would impress somebody uh, to give me a shot. And so after spring training broke, um, that's when I got the news that they were going to take me off the roster and make room for some of those veterans. Uh, I think right when they did that, they realized they were going to lose me. And so they really started uh, to shop me and try to get the best offer at that time. And so I was on my way to, to AAA at Colorado Springs uh, when I heard the news. And I actually had to travel with the team to Nashville for their first series, but I couldn't do anything. I couldn't run. I couldn't throw. couldn't risk any kind of injury. So I just sat there for a couple of days while, while they were trying to find out who was the best team for me. Um, and then when I, I got the call that it was going to be the Royals and got the call from Alan Baird, the GM at the time, and, you know, he was all excited and uh, told me I was going to come to Kansas City and meet everybody. 
Um, I was kind of hoping that they would tell me to stay. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I threw a bullpen for, for Tony Pena and, and, and those guys. Um, met, met everybody there and uh, saw the field and Kauffman Stadium and everything and, and told me, you know, you're going to go down to, to Omaha, but we're hoping to have you up here soon. So. Well, you were up soon, too. So you went to Omaha for approximately two weeks, and the Royals gave you that first call to the big league. So same question, the moment you got that. Where were you at when you received that call? How would you get the news, and, and what was that moment like? It was surreal. You know, I I don't know, maybe I was naive at the time, but I was so used to spending almost an entire year at every, every level that I was of the mindset I was ready to spend the whole year in Omaha. Um, I really, you know, I knew I was close, but I really did not think about the big leagues. At You know, I was just so focused on – putting up a good year in Omaha, and I'll be hopefully in the big league next year. Um, but I went to Omaha, and I put up a couple of scoreless innings in the first week or two, and um, all of a sudden I got called up. I mean, I was in New Orleans, uh, and my roommate was at Granky actually. Um, and it was it was late. Uh, I think it was like 1 in the morning. We had just turned the TV off, and we're, we're going to go to bed and get some sleep. And all of a sudden the phone rang, and Zach answered it, and he gave it to me, and, you know, it, it was uh, – you would coach, uh, you know, Mike Jershaw at the time, and he, he told me to come up to his room. And, you know, even at even after that, I didn't know what was going on. And it wasn't until Zach said, yeah, you're getting called up, that my stomach dropped. And I kind of freaked out a little bit. And I ran down the hallway. And I don't even think I put my shoes on. And I ran into Ryan Buck that she was in the hallway. And, and uh, you know, I screamed at him that I think I'm going up. And, you know, he smiled big. And, you know, I played with Ryan in college at Ole Miss. And so he was all excited for me and went to the room. And, and I saw my bag. And my bag had already been at the field um, in New Orleans. So they, they had gotten my bag. And as soon as I saw my bag, and uh, David DeJesus was in the room also. And that, it really hit me. And, and I kind of freaked out a little bit. And it was just a big surreal experience. And I ended up flying in with, with David and uh, – McDougal, I think McDougal was getting uh, called back after an injury or something. So that it was really, really neat, but really, really crazy. Um, it's kind of one of those out-of-body experiences where you dream of it as a little boy, but to be actually be happening to you at that moment is, is kind of surreal. So obviously one of the best days of your life. Who, who's the first person you called? Um, well, I, I called my my family, um, obviously. And I called them and. I think I got voicemails and stuff. At the, you know, I was like, "You gotta be kidding me!" You know, so. Um, but uh, yeah, obviously, I called family first and foremost, and um, it was just a crazy. Everybody was screaming all on the phone and everything, and so uh, it was just really neat. It was kind of weird though, because when we got to the clubhouse, uh, none of the moves had been made yet, and so it was weird. We were sitting in the clubhouse. My locker wasn't even ready, um, and so there was a bunch of guys there. Uh, that were like, who are you here for? And I'm like, I I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just, it was kind of, it was exciting, but it was also very weird sitting in that, uh, you know, major league clubhouse for the first time, and everybody's eyeballing you, going, oh gosh, who's going down? What's going on? So <laughs> that's a great. I think it ended up being DJ Carrasco, who ended up becoming one of my best friends. Um, you know, even after our playing days, and, and so we always joke around about that. That's funny because I was just talking to him last week about an interview, so small world there. Uh, so you get into your first big league game. Then I was actually at your first big league game, April 25th, 2004. It's against the Twins. I believe it was a Sunday afternoon or maybe a Saturday afternoon. Uh, you pitched a scoreless ninth inning, 11 pitches, one hit allowed, and uh, Henry Blanco, your first uh, you know, the, the hit there. But that first big league debut, what do you remember about that? 
Well, obviously, I was very nervous. Um, what was weird about it is I was you know, freaking out, real nervous beforehand, sitting in the bullpen. You know, they had told me I'm going to get in. Uh, I didn't get in the day before, but they told me I'm going to get in. So, you know, watching that game go by, knowing I'm I'm going to be in there. Uh, but hearing that bullpen phone ring and they looked at me, you know, then that's when you just, all right, this is real, you know. And so you get up there and you're warming up and everything. And I was nervous probably the whole time, even running in. It was just crazy. Um, but as soon as I stepped on the mound and, you know, and looked at the catcher being on on the field, uh, that's when, you know, the nerves kind of went away and, and that became familiar. You know, everything else was, was new. The atmosphere, um, just everything was new. But once I stepped on the mound and looked at the catcher, that, that, that was familiar. And that's when I calmed down and, and threw that first warm-up pitch and then it be, you know, was back to business. And, and that's where I was able to do well. You had two perfect innings on that same homestand against Texas. First big league strikeout against Alfonso Soriano. You probably still have that ball, I'm assuming? <laughs> I don't know. No, I don't have the ball. Really? I, I do have a couple balls from that time. But, um, you know, uh, no, I don't. That's crazy. I don't. What um, happened but, to it? <laughs> uh, but that was exciting, yeah. I, I mean, I do have video of all that stuff. You know, they sent us a video at, at the end of the year of all of our pitches and all our outings. So I, at least have a video. The, the bat boy take it back and rub it down and play it again? What, what happened, man? I'm not sure. I mean, maybe maybe I was just dumb, but uh, I did get a couple of balls, and maybe that is one of them, but I, I don't have it marked down as, as being the ball. <laughs> That's great. Well, so you have two successful outings. You have three different stints up and down that year, so you're back down to Omaha for a couple of weeks. So were you expecting to only be up in KC for a cup of coffee that first stint there? No, I, I was not, um, especially when I started the way I did. I mean, the first time, yeah, I went up and down a couple times that year, and it was a long year emotionally and, and everything, but uh, the first time I went down, it was at Yankee Stadium, and that was really just a roster move because they needed a starter that day. I think somebody had gotten hurt or something, and they just needed a spot starter oh. to come in. Um, you know, and they told me that they really liked me and they were excited about you know the way I looked and what I was doing. And I'm going to be back, you know, very soon. You know, you you got to wait ten days to come back, and and I think I came back in ten days, and and so that that wasn't crazy, you know. But after that, um, you know, the team wasn't doing so hot, um, and then it became kind of a shuffle in and shuffle out, taking looks at guys' thing, and so you never really, you know, sunk in and got comfortable. Um, you know, went up and down one or two more times, and. Uh, so it was really hard to emotionally and, and, and physically and everything just uh, get comfortable up there because, you know, the team wasn't doing so good and they were just trying to see people. And so you just, every single day, you're just wondering, going to stay, I'm going to go. And so th- that's kind of how that year went. I believe you must have been the person sent down when they activated Eduardo Velasquez, the famous Yankee Stadium game that people still talk about around here. Was that, does that ring a bell? That was it. Yeah. Yep. Wow. They, they, I remember they called him up and, you know, unfortunately, he didn't do so well and only yeah. threw a couple innings. And I was I was sitting there in Omaha going, I could have done that. Yeah, I remember they. a lot of the players were very outwardly uh, not happy that Jamie Wright wasn't called up. I remember that distinctly. Wow, okay, so that makes sense now. So now yeah. you, uh, you know, got your first uh, and your only, I guess, big league save. It was against Texas. Do you remember that game? Oh, of course. Sure. Yeah, that was, that was great. Um, I remember – when I got called in for, for the save that uh, I think Nate Field had just gotten a save the, the game before or something and did, did pretty well. And I remember, uh, I think the people in the bullpen were kind of surprised that, you know, the rookie was, was going to go in there and, and, you know, try to nail this, this one down. And, but I, I tried to just, you know, get that out of my mind and just, you know, go out there and get outs. And I just had a really good outing against them 
two innings, I think only threw 13 pitches, 12 strikes against him, and Brian Anderson was doing my chart and came up and was all excited about my chart, saying it was the easiest chart he's ever done. And um, So it was a great outing, and you're like, okay, big league team here. I just threw two innings against him. You know, is it going to go as well? And, but you just you know went out there and, and did what I did well and got the ball down, got ground balls, and, and had a really quick couple innings and got the save, and it was great. I was really excited about it. But I think after that time, um, it, it started to get a little different. Like I, was, I wasn't throwing late innings anymore, and uh, that's when things kind of started to go downhill a little bit for me in my career up there. Is, is I wasn't a one or two inning guy anymore. All of a sudden, you know, with all the losses and, and things piling up, a lot of us became mop up guys. I ended up starting to throw a lot of two, you know, coming in the second, third inning with a, a big deficit, throwing two or three innings, which is something that I was not used to in my pro career. So. Well, how'd you like uh, pitching for Tony Pena? And were you were you here when he did that famous get in the shower incident and say we're still going to win first place? Were you up here during that time, or were you back in Omaha? <laughs> I think it was right before I got there. Okay. I think it was when he said that. But, how, but how'd you like him? Yeah. Was it pretty pretty cool guy? Or uh, Tony, hard to understand. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, deep voice. Yeah, a little bit, a little broken English and everything. But uh, he was a really nice guy and really neat, and uh, you know, a lot of energy. Um, and everything. I think it, it was a tough spot, a tough year. I think I don't think he ended up finishing the year at the end of the year um, that year. But you know the Royals didn't do so well after that, and um, so it was tough in that aspect. Um, but he was a fun guy and a, had a lot of energy. So now, what about? Uh, I know you weren't in KC a real long time, but any memories of the city itself? Any hot spots or where you stayed or anything? You know, any good memories about that? Uh, well. The, you know, the stadium's not right downtown, um, so I didn't get to spend a whole lot of time. I do remember visiting uh, some places down there and, and, and enjoying it. But, yeah, it, it was so broken up that year, going up and down. And we were on the road a lot, too, um, in the big leagues when I was there during my time. And, and so I didn't really get to see the city as much as I had hoped. Yeah. Were you kind of surprised that you didn't get a September call-up that year, you know, to finish up that year? I was. I mean, you know, to be honest with you, it, it was tough. I mean, you know, 2004 to 2006 was tough uh, for me in my career, um, you know, for a lot of reasons. And, and that was one of them. You know, uh, it's a business, and you understand there's a business aspect to things. But, um, you know, Omaha in the PCL is, you know, arguably, uh, other than the American League, the toughest league to pitch in. I mean, there's a lot of hitter-friendly parks, and uh, everybody knows that plays there and pitches there that uh, if you're able to to put up a decent year there, keep an ERA under a four, if you've been there the whole year, then you've done a really good job and you've had a great year. And I was able to do that, you know, in my time there um, in, in 2004 and 2005. I was there the whole year. But, yeah, I, I was surprised, you know, because the last time I had gotten sent down um, from the Royals, it was the, the first time I was starting to feel uh, like I belonged. You know, I, was starting, I had a couple of decent outings and it was starting to, you know, turn the tides a little bit. Uh, the stats weren't great, and I was really hoping to have a couple more outings to get the stats looking better, um, you know, at, at that time. And I talked to uh, Mike Mason. You know, he was a, the interim pitching coach there uh, at that time, and, you know, he knew me a lot from, from being the minor league rover. And so he was in agreement that, yeah, I need to I need to get back. He shouldn't be going down now, but uh, I need to get back and, and do some good things, um, you know, for for the city. Um, but it didn't happen, and, yeah, it was surprising, kind of disappointing, because I really felt like I just needed a little bit more time there to get comfortable um, and get confident, and I could have had a long career. But it didn't happen, and I ended up spending all of 2005 in AAA as well. And 
threw a lot of innings and had a really good year, uh, ERA under a four again, but uh, just no call-ups. And, and there was a lot of guys that year in 2005 who, who didn't get call-ups. I think the game started transitioning to allowing a lot of younger players to get called up from lower levels. And we were just watching a lot of double-A guys get called up in 2005, and so we kind of just clung together in triple-A with a lot of veteran players and guys with former experience not getting called up. I think we just kind of clung together knowing we were all in the same boat. And uh, had a good year in AAA and, and really just tried to enjoy our time. You did, yeah. You were at a 392, like you said, under four. You pitched 78 innings there in 05. Now, what are your favorite memories of both Omaha and Rosenblatt Stadium and then your teammates there? Really, the teammates was, was the best part. I mean, we just had a, a close-knit group of guys, and especially in 2005, like I said, we really just clung together. And, you know, um, it was just a fun, fun time as far as that's concerned, you know, obviously there was a lot of us that were hoping to get called back up that didn't get called back up. But but instead of letting that get us down, you know, we kind of just went out there and did what we had to do, knowing that, uh, you know, we're not just pitching for the Royals, we're pitching for everybody and playing for everybody. And, and uh, you know, I loved Omaha. I really enjoyed my the, the town, the downtown area, the places I lived there. Um, you know, Rosenblatt, is uh, old was old and and wasn't you know we didn't get a whole lot of fans and everything there but uh, it was just neat to be able to pitch at such a historic stadium for so long. How'd you like that uh, College World Series road trip for about three weeks back then? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I always enjoyed pitching on the road actually more than pitching at home. I don't know why. Maybe I'm one of the few, but uh, I didn't fear booze as much. Um, you know, I, I, I should say I feared booze at home more than I feared cheers on the road. You know, I always kind of like shutting people up at, on the road more than more than pitching at home. So I, I did really well on the road. So I didn't mind the road trip. So. You didn't. You didn't get booed in KC, did you? We didn't boo you ever. You only had like one bad uh, Was there booze? No comment. No comment. <laughs> really? I don't know. No. Well, we we deserved booze at that time. Well, that's you know. true. <laughs> <laughs> at that time, you know, the pitching staff wasn't doing so hot, and the starters were, were really struggling at that time. So, yeah, I got booed a couple of times, but I knew it wasn't wasn't personal. No. I, you know, when the team's not doing that well, you know, they, we deserve to get booed. So. It's not your fault. It was, you know, 20 years of pent-up frustration, man. Nothing to do with you. <laughs> so, well, right, right. So 2006, you come back, you know, real briefly. I think you threw two games maybe with Omaha in 06, and they released you in mid-April. Um, so what was the reason the Royals gave you? And, you know, was, was that pretty tough for you to deal with at that time, I'm assuming? Yeah, it was really tough. Um, I didn't get a reason, really. I mean, uh, long story short, uh, yeah, after a week, I went to Omaha, and I had a really good spring training. I think I threw eight innings and struck out, you know, 16 guys. I mean, it, it only gave up four hits and had a couple innings in, in big league camp. Uh, I wasn't invited to big league camp, which is also disappointing, but I was there a lot anyway. Um, you know, I threw in a couple of, couple of games and did really well. And the assistant GM at the time, can't remember his name, but uh, he said, hey, you had a great spring and we can't, can't wait to have you up here soon. And I said, hey, I'm ready, ready to come back. And so I went to Omaha and only pitched a week uh, and – we were about to fly to a road trip. It was 4.30 in the morning. We were about to go to the airport. I got a call from, from Mike, and, you know, he was practically in tears. He didn't know what was going on. And, you know, he, he's like, I don't know what's going on, but i got to let you go. And I have no idea why or, or what's happening. You know, and he was really heartbroken about it because I'd been, you know, I'd spent a lot of time with him and done a lot of good things for him and, you know, arguably was his number one go-to guy out of the pen for, for a year and a half. And he had no idea what was going on. Maybe it was a business thing, you know, money. I, I still, to this day, I don't know. 
I called my agent, and he tried to get some answers, um, but what was kind of weird is when he called Allers and those guys that they didn't even know that I, I had gotten released. Um, so maybe the farm, farm, minor league farm director did it uh, for, for his own personal reasons. I'm not sure uh, to this day. But, yeah, it, it was a tough stretch because it kind of put me in a tough spot because a week into the season, nobody's really looking to fill a roster. Um, so it, it was tough driving home and wondering where I'm going to go and am Am I going to go to a team that that needs pitching, that needs arms? Because you know I was a one or two inning guy, um, you know when I pitch best, and those kind of guys need to be out there a lot. You know we can't be spending week week and a half off and then going out on the mound rusty. And so I was really worried about you know finding a team first and foremost. But am I going to go to a team that needs needs arms? And unfortunately, I ended up on a couple of teams that year that were going really young and pitching the prospects, and, and I just did not get consistent work that entire year. It was a really frustrating year. It ended up being kind of the way out for me. Were you fully healthy that year, too? That year I was fully healthy. I, I did uh, break my thumb on a freak accident. A ball hit tipped my thumb, and I had to sit out a month when I was in Tacoma at AAA with Seattle. Um, but other than that, yeah, I was healthy the entire year. I just, uh, you know, the numbers look terrible when you look at them, but uh, I, I was spending week, week and a half off in between outings. So it was a really frustrating year. Yeah, because I saw you hardly pitched it all that year. That's why I wondered about the injury. So around Rock Tacoma that year, and then next year was 07, your last year in pro ball, as far as I can tell. At least. So Newark, Atlantic League, good again, 25 games, 179 ERA. I mean, did you have some nice memories of that summer? And was that really just it at the end of that year? And, and did you know that would be it at that time? Well, I did. I got injured that year. Um, you know, I did not get picked up that off season, which was not surprising if you looked at my my stats. But I was hoping that what I had done, you know, in years prior, would be enough to at least get me an invite somewhere. And you know, for whatever reason, you know, my agent wasn't able to find anything for me, and I didn't find anything, and and that was kind of disappointing. Um, so I had to go to Newark, and I knew that was going to be the best option. You know, if I had to go independent. It would be the best option because you know there you in the Atlanta League you, you face nothing but former major leaguers and Double A caliber players. So I knew if I was going to get back into it, that was going to be the best place to go. Um, so I went there, and unfortunately, right away I, I, I tweaked something in my shoulder. wasn't sure what it was. Thought it might be just something you know you know stupid that you know, maybe I did it lifting weights or something. I'd never had any shoulder problems or arm problems really throughout my entire career. Um, and I prided myself on that, and so I was just hoping, you know, just pitching every other day that it would go away, um, but it didn't, and I actually pitched in pretty agonizing pain that entire summer, but I didn't, I knew I couldn't afford to waste an entire summer with no stats, uh, so I pushed through it and, and put up an outstanding year, and it's probably one of the years I'm most proud of in my entire career because the pain I was going through uh, to stay focused, and to, I was only able to pitch every other day because after I threw, I was too sore the next day to throw back-to-back days. And my coach was very understanding. And so he would throw me two innings almost every other day because I was throwing so well, but he knew he couldn't use me the next day. So he tried to get two out of me each outing. Um, and ended up you know, putting up a, a great year, one of my best years um, of all my years, uh, numbers-wise. And developed my slider a little bit more, tweaked my, you know, uh, messed my grip a little bit, um, and got a more consistent slider that I could start striking more guys out with instead of just getting ground balls. And so I, I felt... Weirdly enough, you know, that summer I had the best stuff of my career and was just hoping to get back into things and hoping that offseason that whatever was wrong with my shoulder would go away. Um, so I gave it rest and did everything I could to try to get it healthy, but the, the pain just did not go away and ended up having exploratory surgery to try to just find out what's going on. Um, and the doctor didn't even find anything, 
which was very uh, depressing uh, to wake up from that surgery saying he didn't find anything hmm. that, to, to, to explain the injury. Uh, so he just tried to tighten me up a little bit, thinking it might be a partial separation. And, and to be honest with you, seven years later to this day, I still have pain in the shoulder and and tightness and, and things, and not knowing uh, you know the reason for it. So uh, luckily, my faith in God has, has put things in priority for me, and I'm able to handle uh, the mental anguish of still not knowing all those answers. Uh, but um, I'm, I'm excited for where I'm at right now, and still in baseball, and so I can't complain. Yeah, yeah. Well. Last four things for you then. So when you look back today, your favorite memories of pitching with the Royals. When I say that, you know, what's the first thing you think of and kind of the memories that come back to you? Well, pitching with the Royals, I mean, obviously the call-up and everything, and those experiences will never leave my mind. Um, outing-wise, you know, my, my outings against Texas, you know, were just things to remember. Uh, I had through four innings against those guys and, I mean, if you combine the outings, uh, I think it threw 26 pitches and had a save and only gave up one or two singles on ground balls. And, and so those were, those were outings that were just things I'll never forget. Um, you know, and just the teammates, you know, the experiences I had with those guys, um, good and bad. You know, we went through a lot of things together those couple of years. And, you know, and just, you know, I'll never forget walking on the field for the first time at Kauffman, you know, having that uniform on and, and the stretch which is weird. I mean, who remembers stretching, you know, but just stretching with all those guys. I mean, Carlos Beltran, Juan Gonzalez, Matt Stairs. I mean, Benito Santiago, I mean, you can go down the list of all the, the big names that were on that team, just sitting there knowing that I'm one of them and, and sitting on that grass and looking at Kauffman Stadium, you know, the, with the fountains going and, you know, stuff that you'd seen as a little boy watching George Brett and those guys. I mean, just, it was just a surreal experience and something I'll never forget. And, uh, I think I, Maybe a first or a close second would be being at Yankee Stadium for a batting practice. Yeah. In that uh, that whole thing, just just being a part of of the big leagues at Yankee Stadium, and I didn't. Unfortunately, I warmed up, but I didn't get in that day. But I do remember Jason Grimsley coming over to me during batting practice because he saw me kind of in awe, looking at the stadium, uh, just looking up, and and you know he just came over, and I'll never forget. He he was like, it's it's just a surreal experience, isn't it? And I said, yeah, it is, and he's like. I've been in the big leagues a long time, and I feel the same way every time I come here. It'll never go away. So I thought that was pretty neat. Did you love the movie For Love of the Game, too, speaking of Yankee Stadium and pitching? (laughs) Yeah, I did. I mean, you know, some of those cliches, you know, clear the mechanism, all those things. And and maybe we don't say those words to ourselves, but, you know, it is kind of true. You know, when you're in in Yankee Stadium or places like that and – Everything surrounding you was big. You kind of have to, to make it small. That was so. a great flick. Now, you said 04. Was, so you haven't been back here at all since 04? I have not. I have not. Wow. And, and that's unfortunate. I, I'd love to go there and, and see the stadium and see all the changes. Yeah, bring the fam out sometime. Well, last two things. Do you stay in touch with any of your old Royals teammates at all these days? Well, with Facebook, it's easy to do that now. Uh, we didn't have that back then. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, there's – you run across so many guys. I mean, it's so crazy how many guys you run across. And, and so to, to stay in touch, you know, they really meant something to you. You know, DJ Carrasco, I would say, is one of the main guys that I still talk to. You know, we still text and call every now and again. And, you know, with Facebook, you'll drop a line or an email or a quick comment to some guys. Um, but it's, it's really nice to have that because you can see pictures and see guys' kids and, and different things. You know, you don't have to call everybody. Now you can you can see what's going on, get updates on their life just through that. So that's been nice. Yeah. Well, last thing for you then, in summary, what would you like to say to uh, to Royals fans listening right now? 
Well, I'm happy for them. I'm I'm excited for them, and I hope that they can continue that streak. And you know, it wasn't just a one-year thing because you know it's a great baseball city, and you know, just like any city, you know, you want to root for a winner. And uh, unfortunately, in Chicago right now, with the, coming off the Bears, uh, the disappointing season, <laughs> um, I, I know how it feels uh, to be disappointed like that. So I was really excited uh, for what they did last year, and. Um, I was excited for the Rockies when they did it a few years ago when Matt Holiday was still there and, and those guys. And um, so I'm, I'm hoping that uh, they can continue on that streak and, and put you know a lot of you know butts in the seats uh, next season and, and do do another have another good run. But I will say that I'm I'm hoping that the White Sox can be right alongside with them. Well, they're going to be good. They spend a lot of a good grief. They sign somebody every day, don't they? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a buzz going around here. You know that the Cubs and Sox could have some good years this year, and, and so everybody's really hoping for that. By the way, I was up there for that clinch this year when the Royals clinched the the wild card. You guys, that's the best ballpark food in the major leagues is U.S. Sailor Field. <laughs> have you ever had those loaded baked potatoes there? It's amazing. Yeah, we were we're kind of spoiled here with it, with our food, and unfortunately yeah. for my stomach, it's not good. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's good tasting stuff. Yeah, between that and Giordano's. Well, well, thanks so much. I mean, seriously, for all your time, it's been a, you know great talking to you and a great interview. And on a personal level, I, I'll always remember you coming out of that pen and pounding the zone and getting the ground balls and competing. And you know, my words, not yours. I thought you got kind of a raw deal here, but I'm glad you're willing to talk about it and that you you know still have good memories of KC and that it's it's a good time of your life. And, and hopefully, we can see you back out here one of these days and see the Royals winning and we'll see trinity college winning up there too all sounds good to me yeah thank thank you for your time thank you for the interest and it's always fun to talk about baseball you know in, in whatever aspect good or bad so um i'm really appreciative of everything that the royals did for me and and for my career and you know if it weren't for them i who knows how long my coaching career would last um, so it was a great experience and um you know no matter what's happened or, or even if i wanted my career to be longer than it than it was i can always say that uh, i fish in the big league yeah, with the royals so exactly you're in the major league encyclopedia baseball reference all that good stuff <laughs> well uh well thanks so much yeah. for your time man stay in touch and uh, take care god bless and we'll talk to you soon great thank you so much yeah bye-bye